I'm Gab, he's Jules. We have rainy, crummy skies over West London, uh, but we have a packed show for you today. Personally, I'm happy because I'm uh, I'm out of isolation after yes. contracting COVID. Um, we'll be talking about Saudi Omani, we're talking about fallout in Paris, we'll be so much going on, Italy and Germany and, and France on Friday. I'm Sorry, but hey, that's stuff, okay. Yeah. Um, but we got to start because we have yet another piece of the World Cup falling into mm. place. Wales against Ukraine. Wales beating Ukraine 1-0. All right. I don't think it's a mystery. Uh, everybody said it. Anybody who's not Welsh wanted Ukraine. Well, <laughs> yeah. maybe Welsh or Russian, maybe possibly. Russian, yeah. yeah. Um, but in the end, Wales get through. It was incredibly emotional. It was very emotional, I think, for both countries. Well, it's because they, they've only played one World Cup in their history before in 1958 and doing actually quite well. So it was something very special, too, for this golden generation. And of course, for Ukraine and everything that's happening to the Ukrainian people, uh, to have the national team qualifying for the World Cup would have been would have been amazing. It, it really would have, and I think everybody watching wanted kind of both teams to go there. Only one could go. It was Wales in the end. It was a, a more open game than I thought it would be in terms of there was loads of chances. There was a unf- very unfortunate goal scored against against his own goal by Yarmolenko. That is the decider. But plenty of chances and maybe even a penalty. We- we talk margins, but ultimately in that game, it really comes down to the thinnest of margins because you have, mm. you know, Gareth Bale's um, a free kick, which yeah. which gets deflected um, past Bushkan. We've got the the penalty appeal, which I thought personally I, I thought, thought it was a penalty. stonewall penalty. We have um, all those saves that Wayne Hennessy had yeah. to make, um, but. but but these are World Cup playoffs. The, you know, this is the story. Exactly. This is what makes us so different. Because, you know, we talk about how there's slim margins in the Champions League and whatever. And sure, there are. And we've seen it this year. Mm-hmm. But it's one thing if it's 180 minutes, it's mano mano. Here, it all gets done, in, all compressed into 90 minutes, in or out. And, yeah, it... <laughs> I, I really felt for Ukraine. I mean, I again, and I don't take this in any way, take this away from, from Wales, but what, what they went through, they, they had the flag in the dressing room that was, uh, uh, there were soldiers at, at the front that sent it to them. What I liked about it, too, in these situations, often you can get a whole sort of militaristic um, kind of ambiance around it. Mm-hmm. I thought that was missing. I thought it was just like, we're Ukraine. We want to qualify for the World Cup. Most neutrals want them to do it because they realize what's going on there, the suffering that's going on there. Um, and then in the end, though, I thought Wales deserved it because you know, and you can, the game could have gone the other way, and you can yeah. de- you, you you can deserve it as well, right? Yeah, you have completely. to take the chances. Yeah, exactly, completely. I, I thought the atmosphere was amazing. I mean, the the, the battering rain making even more dramatic. I thought, and and then you're right. It was a case of who kept their nerves a bit better, who's just a bit more efficient in the in the final thirds. And Wales got, got a bit lucky too, but this is a golden generation that has reached the last two Euros. And, and now this World Cup, which was something that I don't think 10 or 15 years ago, no one would have thought they could achieve, and yet they did. And I think Gareth Bell, Aaron Ramsey, and Hennessy, Joel, and all the ones who've been there for 10 years deserve so much credit for. There's an obvious Gareth Bale question here, because, of course, as of June 30th, he will be officially unattached. Yeah. Um, Obviously, he's going to go to the World Cup. Mm. I'm assuming he's going to want to find another team. Yeah, he's, he's been Cardiff. coy about it. It would be Cardiff, surely. 
hundred percent. You're 100%. certain. Yeah, I think he would have retired had they lost to Ukraine. Really, he would have, and he kind of hinted it to a little bit after the game, by saying like, "Oh, are we putting on retired hold from football or retired from international football?" No, I think retired from football. I think what keeps him going at 32 now is that World Cup with his mates, and and this is the last hurrah really. And I think he will go to Cardiff maybe as a sort of being paid as you go and. For some for some games, he's going to be paid. Doesn't need money anyway, and then be fully fit, ready for that World Cup, and go for it, and then finish the season. And then after that, I think it'll be over. I mean, I I, f- I find that to be an absolutely remarkable solution. I get why it makes sense from from his perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, that obviously, the World Cup is the ultimate goal now uh, at this stage. Um, but who knows? Maybe he goes to Cardiff. If this is where he wants to go. Yeah. He certainly has, as you said, he has enough money. He can allow himself those choices. Mm. Um, maybe he rediscovers football. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. You maybe. Know. And then there's the Euros in 2024, which, again, I think is a long way away for this generation, not just Gareth Bell, but overall. Well, uh, tremendous achievement. I was struck most by the fact that uh, the uh, poll came out in, uh, in Wales and football is now the number one sport in <laughs> Wales. I want to go back to Ukraine for, for mm-hmm. a minute because obviously we've, we've all talked about the stories about it. The, 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 the national team manager um, <laughs> who wanted to enroll in the Ukrainian yeah, army yeah. and being told, no, you can't because you're 64 and you have zero, zero. military experience. Um, you know, the, the sheer emotion of it and what these people, now these players are going to go back to, the, the Ukrainian players who play for and this is most of the team, I think, apart from six or seven. Mm. What happens in what happens in September I don't when know. the new season starts? I mean, in a sense, just it's, a really good it's the least of your your concern. Yeah, 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 but but it is it is a fair question. I don't know if football can even start in September, even if the war is over, considering how bad the country has been hit. For example, I don't know. It was you could see the emotion. I thought you could see the emotion against Scotland in the semi-final, in the sense that. I even felt that at times Scotland were almost wanted Ukraine to win even more than they wanted to win. And it felt like Scotland took a long time to get into that game. And by the time they got into the game, they were 2 nil down at Hamden. I thought Wales dealt well with the, with the emotion of, of the Ukraine side of it. Of like, OK, we all want them to go through. Really, we all want them to qualify, even the Welsh players. Part of them would have wanted Ukraine. It would have been an incredible story. And the message that you would have sent to everybody back home in Ukraine would have been incredible. And yet you had to deal with that as a Welsh player in the sense that we can't let that overcome us or those kind of emotions got to us and maybe not play the game we should be as aggressive as we should be, that kind of stuff, which I thought that they were with it. But for Ukraine, this is a super talented team. This is a team that I think would have qualified for the World Cup without you know, the, the war happening. And when you think about the players that we're not going to see, this is a team that finished, you know, that got to the quarterfinals of the Euros. Exactly. I mean, that, that's what I find, you know, pretty incredible. And I think this is also where the lack of games, you know, they just had those yeah, friendlies and then completely. the Scotland game. It's going to weigh on them. It's going to weigh on them because I'm, I'm just imagining, right? You're a fit young man in your 20s and you're playing football while your peers are fighting in a war back home. Yeah. Um, there's got to be, and he says, you know, the best I can do is go, get to the World Cup. There's got to be such a level of, of pressure you put on yourself, such such a level of stress. 
And then on top of that, you go into this game, and I mean, I say this with the greatest respect, you're a far more talented team mm. than than the Welsh team. If, if we take these as as individuals, yeah, 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 you know, if you do the combined eleven, you know, it's it's, it's going to weigh heavily. And in this game, you know, you. You had your chances. Yeah, you had, had your opportunities. Yeah. Um, you had that call that went against you. The penalty. We agree it was a penalty. Yeah, said, right. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I think that's what makes it tough. And and if if you message to them, say like, none of us can, or very few of us can understand what you've gone through. Don't knock yourself out. Don't beat yourself mm. up. You know, just focus on your loved ones back home. Focus on doing what you feel you need to do, and and move on. You know, yeah, and you it's can't cruel. let this game define you. No, and it's cruel for Yamolenko, who, you know, as we saw when the war started, was so touched by it that he could not even play for West Ham, then came back playing, scored some big goals in the Europa League, especially the one against Sevilla. And for him to score that own goal that actually that knocks out his country from, from going to the World Cup, I mean, psychologically, I don't know why. Yeah. You must go through, but it must be horrendous. So let's just hope that he can deal with that himself and then go again in, in August. Yeah, they're under enough strain, and you can't stress mental health, I think, Completely. enough in this, uh, in this situation. Um, a word on Wales, because obviously you've got strong Welsh connections. Mrs. L, I'm um, very happy. For those who don't know about Wales, um, and there are many people in the rest of the world who, frankly, know very little about mm. Wales, right? Um, this is a country, I think, what, two and a half to three, three million people? Yeah, three right? million people. Um, they are next to England. They're part of the United Kingdom. Um, but in terms of the sporting identity of Wales, stereotypically, the rugby's always been, Holy or historically, always the number one sport. Yeah. And very good at it. There was a recent poll where it's 47% yeah, to 45%, yeah. which, really, which really blew me away. I mean, I think there's still a force in rugby, as I, as I understand it. Um, yeah. It's not like rugby's going away. But as a, as a nation, right, they've produced some incredible footballers. Um, Ian Rush, um, Mark Hughes, mm. obviously John Charles, who yeah. most yeah. people would say is... But before Gareth Bale came along, yes, I don't think there would be a debate greatest, about who yeah. the greatest ever was. Now people might debate Bale mm. or John Charles or whatever. Just say, that's a fair debate to have. Just please don't bring up the five Champions League titles at Real Madrid. Because uh, <laughs> this has got nothing to do with, no. with who's, who's greater. It's just about where you are in, in your time. Um, but this is still a team. And we often see this with European countries of that size. Not just European countries. A lot of countries that size. Where you're going to have experienced stars who've played at the highest level like like Aaron Ramsey, mm. like Bale, playing alongside guys. I mean, there was the one guy who started the season, I think, in non-league. Yeah. Um, Kiefer Moore, who, yeah. you know, doesn't it's look like same, a... Yeah, it's not the same sport, almost. Yeah. You know, Wayne Hennessy hadn't played... A, he hadn't played a club level, I think, since January. Yeah, um, It's pretty... Joe Roden never plays for yeah. for, <laughs> for Spurs since Conte Yeah, I you've got players in the lower leagues, yeah. I... I'm just wondering about blending that into a team. And then on top of that, and again, I might be going over all ground if you're a Welsh fan, but you've got a national team coach in Robert Page, former player, central mm -hmm. defender, who was an interim coach. He was called in um, because of uh, when Ryan Giggs uh, had to resign after yeah. his arrest. And it felt interim, and yet he's still there. It's not interim anymore, is it? No, no, no. <laughs> and he's done an amazing job, really, to take this team again to, to only the second World Cup in history, the way they play with that back three, which is different to what Giggs 
who's playing in. I think he deserves also a lot of credit for coming in and implementing his ideas, which is not easy. He's a very, very good coach per se, but there's a difference between being a good coach and have that kind of relationship with your players and having good ideas to be a World Cup uh, you know, national team head coach. This, this is this is two very different things, and he he kind of adapted so quickly and so well. This is a golden generation, though. This is maybe as great as some of the names that you mentioned in the history of Welsh football. This is as a collective the best that they've they've been already as a youth you know at youth level. They were good, and then they've been together for ten years, let's say, and they've grown together. I think the the Euros 2016 and that semi final, which was an incredible achievement, beating Belgium in the quarterfinals, really helped to make them realise, listen, we can do great things. They're not going to win the World Cup, but they're not going to win the Euros. But you can still achieve great things, incredible support from the fans wherever they go. Then the 2020 Euros was a bit more disappointing, I guess, because you still need Gareth Bale at his best for that team to, to do well. Well, you, you say this is the greatest generation uh, or the, the golden generation. I mean, you go back, though, and I mean, I remember, I think, well, the 58 team is a team that qualified for the World Cup. They went to the World Cup, they drew all three of their group games, and then they lost to Brazil. And that was Belez Brazil, by the way, uh, when when Brazil won their first World Cup in 1958. Again, I wasn't around for that. That looks pretty good to me. Yeah, yeah, no, it did. And then I think back even to the team, um, I think it was before the 94 World Cup, when they were playing Romania. I think that was a team of... You had Neville Southall, who yeah, yeah. was getting older, but you know had been one yeah. of the very best goalkeepers at the world. I believe you still had, um, I'm going from memory here, so I could be all wrong. Feel free to correct me. I think you still had Rush and Mark Hughes up Mark front. Mark Hughes, for sure, yeah, yeah. Rush Pretty good, yeah. right? Um, yeah, yeah. And then they miss a penalty. It's a penalty off the crossbar, which would have given them a win over Romania, and then Romania go and score at the other end, yeah. and they get knocked out. So they've had, and by the way, that was a 2014 World Cup, right? 1994, or no, 94 was the first one, oh, 32. Yeah, yeah. But, but still, but still like, yeah, you know, yeah. I, it's a different, so they've had it. Here's one that's come together, and it's come together for three major tournaments, mm. and I think that's absolutely huge. Looking ahead to the World Cup, now we know what this group looks like. Yeah. It's the United States, it's England, it's Iran, and it's Wales. So, uh, you know, I hate predictions, but they kind of <laughs> have to do that because we can talk about the makeup of the group now, which we weren't yeah. able to do um, ahead of the draw. On paper, I think it's England. To, England can only screw it up, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, they have to be favorite to top that group. Um, and then it's quite open. I'm going 90% for England. I don't yeah, see how, yeah. you know, I mean, it would have to really, really be something major. After that, do you put those three teams on the same level, the U.S., less, Iran, yeah. and Wales? Yeah, you can say that maybe um, the, the U.S., because of that generation coming through, but the lack of experience can make them slightly ahead of the other two. But Iran have had a lot of experience. They, they, they have really good collective, I think, uh, identity. And then for Wales, as we say, if Gareth Bale is, is fit and in his best form, he can... He, He's a world-class player. In those three teams, he's the only world-class player right now. If you, you know, Iran, the USA have potential world-class players in the bay like Pulisic and Reina and all of that. But right now, they don't. There's not one world-class player in that. You know that you can say, okay, he's world-class player. Bailey's still a world-class player. So maybe for that, where's a slightly ahead? I, I don't know. I find I find that really open between the three of them for. 
I think the dynamics of this group are going to be really interesting. And I think back to the Euros um, of England's group stage, where remember they had that draw with Scotland. Yeah. Right. I think obviously whoever gets a point, gets a point yeah, off yeah, of yeah, England, three, yeah, because look, I mean England, we can look at it and say they should win all three games. But it's Gary Southgate's England. It's yeah. a psychodrama. The fact that you know when England play teams where there's familiarity, as we saw with Scotland, sometimes it doesn't go so well. And yeah, yeah, it will the, be with Wales. Derbies, so yeah. you put all these things together. Um, I think ultimately that's what's going to what's going to determine it. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab. Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, enough World Cup playoffs. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gab. Jules, it feels like every day that passes, there are more revelations about what happened yeah. in Paris at the Champions League final. French President uh, Emmanuel Macron has apologized to supporters. He's demanded a thorough inquiry. And he said fans of Liverpool and Real Madrid should be compensated. That's the list that they can do. I think that a lot of them are going to go and press charges as well. I, mean, I don't know where that could lead them. And if they can get for the ones who got mugged off after the game, for example, by some local youth or wherever they were coming from. Uh, I think can get something. I think the problem is that the trauma is as much psychologically as if your phone got stolen or your wallet got stolen. I don't think the problem is there. The problem is what you went through. Sometimes as a family, some Liverpool fans who thought they were not going to make it home, they were going to die at that game. So this is Macron can say anything he wants, and UEFA as well, and and the French Interior Minister Darmanin, whatever they want. I think the the, the damage there has been done, and I don't know what you can do to help those people now. Would surprise me a little bit. I mean, surprised me in a positive way was we had the immediate uh, claims afterwards from for, for, from Darmanin and from the Minister for, for mm. Sport, which seemed to accept a version, which I presume they got from the police about, you know, 40,000 no, no, no. fake tickets, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah. Um, and they just repeated it out there. And at least it seems to me that Macron said, hang on a minute. I'm not going to stand by my ministers yeah, loyally. Completely. You guys are going to go and you're, you're going to correct this. Yeah, exactly. Um, again, for those, there is a lot of reporting on this. I know there's a lot of people who, if you're not affected, you're like, eh, Liverpool fans whining again. It's not like that no, at all. Definitely not. Um, definitely and for example, the fact that there was a fan zone for Liverpool fans, which was closed because it was full, a capacity of 40,000, right, uh, elsewhere, that tells you that there were 40,000 fans there. Um, it's not like there were 40,000 fans there, 30,000 exactly. in the stadium, and then another 40,000 ticketless or with fake tickets trying to get Completely. in. So the lies have to stop. And I yeah. think. 
if there is some encouragement, we've, put a, we've drawn a line under that. Yeah, completely. And Gab, major Champions League sponsors like Heineken or PlayStations are reportedly also demanding answers from UEFA. Do you think they will get them? Uh, they have to get them because they're the people who pay for this. And, mm. you know, I've made this point before, right? They, people say, oh, they're of contempt for fans. Like, what makes this different is that these were VIPs who got stuck in there. These were, the, these were players. These were federation officials. I know of one UEFA, um, pretty high-ranking UEFA official who yeah. got stuck in a crush and was held for, for an hour despite his credentials. Um, when you have that happening... I'm, I'm sad it shouldn't be like this, but when a rich, powerful person gets mugged, the police tend Definitely. to work quicker. Um, so that is the encouraging thing. Uh, and, and they have to do this because, um, you know, you can't have the situation in football. And yes. again, we had it to a lesser degree in, in Seville, but still serious. Yeah. And of course, we had the situation uh, last year at Wembley for, for the European final. Mm. And UEFA can say... Oh, but it's the local FAs, it's the local police force. Which is true to a Which is true. Point, yeah. It's definitely true. Yeah, they can't yeah. override them. Yeah, yeah. But you need to you need to be more careful about how much you trust these people because okay. ultimately it's your name on the competition. Exactly, yeah. Some some lessons have to be learned here. Sadio Mane says he was joking when he said he wanted to make the people of Senegal happy and that sixty <laughs> to seventy percent of them want him to leave Liverpool. Jules, did something get lost in translation? Um I mean, the 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 thing that was weird was I've had I, I don't know people are saying he was speaking in a, in a Senegalese dialect yeah, Wolof, and it was, yeah. half Wolof half French half Wolof half French people misinterpreted and he said but it was just a joke anyway was not a joke the Times and others reporting that Bayern have made their first bid yeah for around 25 million uh, pounds uh, including bonuses yeah though, 20, 21 plus 4 which was rejected I think he would need a bit more than that even if he has only one year left on his contract I watched a press conference it didn't look to me that he was, he was laughing well, how good is your Wolof well, I, I got enough of the French to understand what he meant. Uh, but I, I like it because after the, after the game where he scored a hat-trick, by the way, uh, in the mix zone, he was asked again something, a crazy question like, oh, which one do you prefer, Real Madrid, Barcelona or Bayern Munich? And he was like, oh, the three big clubs. And he said, but you know my club is Marseille. He's been a Marseille right. fan pretty much all his life, uh, which, was, which was funny. I, the issue I have, Gab, is we all know he wants to go. Right, so in a way, he could he could talk freely about it if he wanted, and be, be even more clearer and say instead of having those kind of underlines and he says stuff and they say, oh, maybe it's a joke or maybe no, and it's it's mistranslated or misinterpreted, and maybe he should just come out and say, listen, I've had six great years at Liverpool. Now I feel yeah. like it's time for another challenge. I want to go. It's nothing against club or the club or the fans. Blah blah blah. But maybe it would be better if he was even clearer himself instead of like kind of sending weirds. Possibly. I, I think equally clear is that from Liverpool's perspective, it's very difficult to keep Salah and Mane. So they would want one of them to go and to get yeah, exactly. a good fee for it. Yeah. Meanwhile, Gab, James Milner has agreed a one-year contract extension at Liverpool. He's 36 years old, so at least he would be there next year. <laughs> I, I know how you feel about James Milner. I mean, I just want to say, so high in a quick case. I love it. He's taking a big pay cut yeah. to stay, Good on and and I love that. And I love the fact that, I mean, James Milner's been on my football ra- radar since 2001, 2002, which seems crazy yeah, when he made his debut. Years, from it? Like, yeah, crazy. crazy. Cristiano Ronaldo bags two goals and sets up another as Portugal destroys Switzerland 4-0. 
Jules, he doesn't look like a 37-year-old man at the end of a grueling season. <laughs> and by the way, to clarify, you are wearing a Portugal shirt. Yeah, but that's not Cristiano's shirt. No. That is Luis Figo's shirt, Luis right? Figo. 2002, if I'm not mistaken? 2000, 2002, a wear shirt, exactly. Oh. Just before Cristiano yeah. made his debut um, for the national team, and he didn't wear the seven as, as well until Figo retired. But, I mean, I when you score kind of early like they did and then can play on the counter this Portugal team is so so lethal and Cristiano can still run for sure certainly on the counter like that not so much for pressing but certainly like that disappointing from, from Switzerland I thought but very convincing from Portugal more than the draw against Spain that they had a few days before that was an easiest game for them but he's incredible when you think about the season he's had at his age with the difficulty that United went through it's, it's pretty remarkable. I think it's 117 goals. And you're turning into a Fernando Santos fan, yeah? Yeah, you know, like, Little he's the best in the world. <laughs> Argentina beat up Estonia in a friendly 5-0 and Leo Messi scores five goals. This was after a stellar performance against Italy in the finalissima the previous week. Gab, I shouldn't be concerned that he plays better for Argentina than PSG, right? Maybe he's a better coach for Argentina. Oh. Ooh. I, I don't... I don't know, but I made this point while having watched him, of course, in the Finalissima and here. Um, he looks so hungry, so fit, mm. so click everything clicking together in a way that, you know, sometimes doesn't happen over a long season. I think for a lot of these guys, when they offer their national team, this is, this is a respite. Um, I'm going to touch upon this, too, since people view this as part of the debate about scoring goals in South America versus oh, Europe. Oh, Killian. Hello, Killian. Um... What, what did Killian say? Killian said it was easier to play in South American qualifiers than in Europe. And it was like, oh, what? Killian. Killian, Killian knows, but not this one. Very simple. Every four years in South America, you have to play 18 games. The worst teams you're going to face are Bolivia. And then half the time you have to play them at altitude where yeah. you can't breathe. Or Venezuela, who are nowhere near as bad. If you play in Europe with the two cycles, you're kind of pretty much guaranteed um, at least four games against a San Marino Estonia? or Liechtenstein, oh, or the next level up. <laughs> no, Estonia is probably the next level up, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where, where again, you can score goals. So let's let's take that into consideration. Yeah, yeah. Thirty-three games unbeaten run now for Argentina right. and Scaloni. And Team Scaloni, man. Yeah, proper, proper. Spain have to come from behind to draw two-two away to the Czech Republic as Gavi scores his first ever international goal. This was a bit nervy. It was, and I don't think Spain played well at all. I mean, it was, I think, seven or eight changes compared to the team that drew with, with Portugal and maybe deserved to win that game against Portugal. So, a lot of different players. And you could see when Busquets came on, for example, or even Morata, that the team improved, Ferran Torres too. But it was, I don't know, it was very sloppy. It was, it was not a very good game to watch either, to be fair. And, and Czech, Czech are, are difficult to play against. But well done to Gabi. He became the youngest Ever to score for for Spain, I think four years younger, four days younger, sorry, than Ansu Fati, who had the previous record. Also, weird uh, situation at the end of the first half when Spain got their their equalizer mm. because um, Czechs had already made a substitution. The guy gets injured. Uh, the the manager Salavi does not want to make another substitution until halftime because he doesn't want to use up one of his slots, yeah. and so he decides to play the injury time ten v eleven. Against a team that moved up all explain. That's a big uh, call to it's make. A big big call. Call. It's a big, big call. Italy have a new national hero, Gab. I bet few, few had heard of Willy Gnotto until a few days ago, unless you watched 
of course, Zurich and the, the Swiss League. It's Nyonto, by Nyonto. the way, and he also has his own song. I, I, I tweeted it out as I discovered. Uh, yes, so I see. Um, it's fantastic. He's 18 years old. He's, uh, he's from my neck of the woods where we have our summer house up in, uh, near the Swiss border. Well, he's from Verbania, a little further down. But um, it's awesome. Mancini brought him along to kind of have him experience the national team. Instead, he comes on. He sets up um, Luca Pellegrini's goal. He's one of those guys who he was in Inter's academy. Then they offered him a three-year deal when, when he became old enough to get a professional contract. He kind of bet on himself that he would get more playing time, mm-hmm. perhaps more money uh, elsewhere. And he's been vindicated. And now we're all excited. I 18 know. years old. Amazing. Meanwhile, Jules, it's an away draw for Germany, which I guess isn't a bad result, right? In the group. Isn't it? Against a B Italian team, maybe even C to a certain extent. I mean... I just I was just so disappointed by Germany through the whole game. I know they savaged a point and yeah, maybe you're right, it's not it's certainly not as bad as losing and it's not a bad point away from home. But this was not Italy's best team by far. No. And I just thought it's just fullbacks. Care and Henrik. I mean come and on. it's the fullbacks the, dude, the defense, and it's up front. Everything up front. There was Timo. nothing from Timo Werner, there was nothing from Leroy Sunny. I mean we've said about Sunny, we've had this discussion so many times. I don't know what happened to him. I don't know why he's so inconsistent. But this was I thought this was really bad. And and Anti Flick looked so cross on the touchline the whole game, even even after the Kimmich goal. Um yeah, good for Italy, I thought, not so good for Germany. But you're right, yeah, I guess in purely mathematic sense of the word, a point away from home is, is not too bad. Eric Ten Hag will reportedly allow players to vote for their club's captain, Gab. Do you think then this means Harry Maguire will lose the handband? And is it a good idea to put it to a vote? I remember you being quite critical of Unai Emery for doing that at Arsenal, I think. Well, I was critical of Unai Emery for having five captains yeah, um, uh, more than the putting it to a vote. I think, look, you come in, you're a new manager, it's a new era. Um, you know, you're mindful of the fact, and you have to know Harry Maguire and how's he going to take it. Equally, if Harry Maguire, if you inherit him as club captain, and for whatever reason he doesn't start or whatever, then it creates a story. So you go to him and yeah. you say, Harry, I'm going to put it to a vote, um, and, and we'll see where we are. I think this takes pressure off you. If the players vote for you because you're a natural leader, and I mean, let's think about it. Who else are they going to choose? You know, I mean, other than Cristiano, who's not going to be there very yeah. long. I mean, they could end up choosing Cristiano, which would be funny or interesting, or, or David De Gea maybe. Yeah, but De Gea, Varane maybe, I don't know. Varane? I, you know, I, mean, I like, the, fi- I like the, the captain is your oldest player at the club. I like Real Madrid do it, like a lot of clubs do it, not just Real Madrid. But this is it, you know, I think, I think there's, there's a lot of weight for that as well. England lose to Hungary for the first time in 60 years. Oh, Gareth Southgate mixes it. up personnel in his 3-4-3 formation. Gareth. Jules, other than Gerard Bowen, this wasn't good. This wasn't good at all. I like Kaiosaka's entrance, I guess, maybe, but the rest was shocking. I thought Southgate got everything wrong from the team at the beginning, from the substitutions. You know I don't like him, I don't rate him at all. That was another example why, I know it's an end of the season game, it's difficult, everybody's tired. It's, it's not an easy place to go to and they, they're quite a difficult team to, to play against, I think, Hungary. But this was, I thought it was shocking from England. I don't understand how he doesn't change this, the formation after the goal that, that the Soboslai penalty, which was a bit soft, but it could still easily be given and not overturned. I, I was very disappointed by England and Southgate I again. Think, I think you had a lot of motivation here. Maybe that's why he mixed in some of the younger players to see if they'd be up for it. Because you know, for many, it's been a long season. But I, I expected more. Five right Thank back you. in the squad. How is that even possible and zero left back? <laughs> 
it's, it's beyond me. Meanwhile, Gab, Hungary were playing behind closed doors as punishment for past instances, instances sorry, of racist abuse by the supporters. So instead, UEFA agreed kindly that some 35,000 children would be allowed in the stadium, so not really behind closed doors anymore. And still, we heard booing when England players took a knee before kickoff, as supposed from those kids. Which, I mean, this is taking it to another level. This really is. Um, I mean, I like the idea of having kids in when, when, when you're playing behind closed doors. I like it in principle. But this, to me, shows that the kids didn't really understand anything. <laughs> Clearly. You know, like, and I think whoever, the, the parents, the minders, should say, like, hey, kids, the reason you're here and not watching this game on television is because we were punished for racially abusing black players. Mm. When, 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 when they took many a knee, times, right? Many times. This does not reflect our values, so we expect you to go and behave. And then if the kids don't behave, I'm sorry. That's, that's on the parents who are there with them. Yeah. I thought it was, it was just incredibly disappointing, um, as I see it. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. Reports out of Paris say Luis Campos has signed for Paris Saint-Germain, but they still need a manager, and some <laughs> have linked Jose Mourinho, Jules. Yes, but no. No, that, that's not going to happen. He's not on the shortlist for the club. I don't think he's interested in leaving anyway. Uh, I think he's pretty happy at Roma. So it won't be him, but Luis Campos is in place now. He's been starting working What's his for job? Weeks. Is he it, the new sporting director? He's the sporting advisor. The sporting advisor? Because as you know, because you know him really well, Luis Campos works in a very different way. He's got his own company, mm-hmm. his own people that he pays himself, that kind of stuff. Let's see what kind of job he does, and then and then you could have your theories about if he was the right call or not. And let's see who, what manager he brings in, okay. whether that's well, Christophe Galtier. I, I am slightly curious about this, because I know in France you love rules. You have a ton of rules. Yeah, we do. Does Paris do the Paris Saint-Germain have to have like at least an, a pretend sporting director in place? Or I don't know. I don't think so. So this is allowed, yeah? Like, oh, yeah, I just yeah. pay this guy to have my own, his own. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think Christophe Galtier is still, has still big of chance. I think Marcelo Cachardo also has a chance. Let's see, let's see what they bring Why in. Why is Poch still there? Because I think they will only announce that he's site when they can announce the replacement. So mm-hmm. it shouldn't be too long now. Talking about managers and sticking with managers, Gab, Valencia have parted ways with Javier Bardalas and Rino Gattuso is on his way to the club. Not everybody is happy with the appointment. And why would he take that job when he knows it's, prob- it's probably very temporary? Well, the short answer about why he would take the job is Rino Gattuso is represented by George Mendes. True. And 
Mendes, of course, and Peter Lim. Yeah. Valencia is definitely a club in their orbit. Uh, I also think he's in a weird situation because he did well at Napoli, and he goes to Fiorentina. Um, he gets hired by Fiorentina and then immediately let go. Why? According to Fiorentina, it's because he's like, oh, I want these four players, and they're all Mendes players, yeah. and they're all super expensive. It's like Guedes and Oliveira yeah. and whatever. And Fiorentina's saying, hang on a second. That's I, not the know. way it works. Yeah. When did Mendes become director of football at this club? Um, the reason, But the other reason people aren't happy about it is same reason that he, oh and of course then he lost out on the spurs job yeah. uh as well um, for the same reasons probably for the same reasons here people have gone up and um they have they've dug up things that he has said in the past and look he's gone out of his way to go and explain them and you can be your own judge about what he said i'm not defending him but he gave a big interview mm. saying what he said right it's basically it's issues to do with um racism homophobia and sexism. Yeah. So the sexism one, he he's quoted as saying, like, you know, women, I don't see women in football. Um, his defense of this is, it was in 2012, I think it was, uh, when at me, he, he was at Milan, or it wasn't at Milan, I don't even know if he was at Milan anymore, but whatever. But Silvio Berlusconi um, replaced longtime um, Milan chief executive with his daughter Barbara, Berlus uh, Barbara Berlusconi mm -hmm. was in her late 20s and dating Pato at the time he said I was referring specifically to this case yeah okay um, fair enough you need to make it very clear though that you know you were talking specifically about this case um, the issue with the racism um, has to do with if you remember when Kevin Prince Boateng was, was booed in a preseason uh, in a preseason friendly he was racially abused um, he came out and he basically said, well, they're not booing because of racism. They're booing um, because they don't, they don't like him. I get booed too, and so on. You can't say it's racism necessarily without knowing. Again, I thought that was extremely tone deaf, yeah. extremely inappropriate thing to say. If you've revised your views on it, then share them. And I think this is something... Rather than coming out and saying, I'm not racist because I signed Bakayoko, he's yeah, a good friend of mine. Which, yeah. And then Bakayoko says, no, he's not racist at all. That's fine. But that, that comes across to people as the, oh, I've got black friends or yeah, black so, employees yeah, argument. Exactly. That's not going to, you can't be tone deaf like this, you know. Mm. Um, and then the, the, the final thing that he said, this goes back to the issue of, of gay marriage. Here, I personally, I have a little bit of sympathy for him because what he said is, he said, I'm a devout Catholic. To me, marriage is a religious institution. Um, I have no issue with LGBTQ. I don't think that they should be married in church. That's yeah. that, that, was, that, that was his quote. Yeah, I remember him saying that. I think, I mean, until the Vatican changes their mind, about it, it's kind of hard to single him out specifically f for that one. On the other things, I think he has to realize yeah. that his image needs to be repaired. And I don't know how you repair it. Um, maybe moving away from Mendes might also help on the other front. Definitely. But right now, he's not doing himself no favors. And it's sad because he was a very popular manager, did really well, I, I thought, uh, at Napoli when he took over from Ancelotti. L'Equipe report that Karim Benzema won't be appealing the one-year suspended sentence he got in the sex tape case. Are you surprised, Jules? No, I'm not, because I think he wants to, to close that chapter and turn the page. It's been almost seven years now that this story has been going on. 
Uh, and I and I just think that he could have easily appealed it. Maybe it would have been scrapped. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, and I think he thought about it hard, long and hard, and then decided that it's probably better to never, you know, never speak about it again and never go through it again. And you don't need another court trial because if he appealed, they would have gone to court again. So this is the decision it it took. I think again, this is his call. It does mean though that. If he were to get into trouble for something else, exactly. he's going to prison. Yeah, exactly. Barcelona continue to be linked uh, to everyone, from Rafinha to Lewandowski. But here comes Javier Tebas to spoil the day. He issued a statement reminding them, Barcelona, that they are way over the spending limit. I mean, they can't even register Sergio Roberto's new contract right now. Yeah, so, uh, let alone Christensen and, and yeah. Kessie. And the the operative thing is that, that, that one to four rule. So if they make... Um, 100 million in savings, whether by letting players go or by selling somebody in their wages, then they can spend 25 million. Or if it's what you consider a franchise player, the ratio is three to one. Um, I Debas is incredibly aggressive because he went over so He went after there was a guy Romeo, I think is his name, yeah. some Barcelona vice president, talking about this and that. I mean, there's other stuff in the background. There's a CVC contract, the, the league version versus the one that Barcelona mm. looking to sign individually if they haven't signed. I mean, there are other factors to this. I think it's important that there are rules and that the rules be transparent and that everybody understands them and that they be enforced. And yeah. I think because in too many cases that they're not being enforced. Tebas is taking on one of the two biggest brands in his league and he's forcing them to stick with the rules. I didn't think it was going to happen. It happened last year with Messi. Yeah. I think for that, you can give credit to Tebas. Then we can have another debate about whether the rules ought to be relaxed and yeah, how and whatever. it's good for the league or not. But, but yeah. it is... I, 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 I at least have respect for that because rules are rules. And not and too many people you know, find ways around them. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Rafinha, Leeds United have reportedly fixed the price for him, Jules. That's right, Gav. He's around the £60 million mark, which... Is a lot of money, I guess, uh, for any player, even especially for a player like Rafinha, who, for example, has never played in the Champions League or any or in the European League or any European competitions before, who has a little experience with Brazil at international level, but again has never taken part in a big tournament, things like that, and who has just come out of a disappointing season, even with his numbers. I mean, he was very important for Leeds in a struggling season, but. He was not at his best completely either because of the struggle that the team has had. So, good luck to Leeds if they really want the 60 or 55 million. I, I think you would be very happy with 40 uh, for someone they bought for what, 32 years ago. I, I don't they, know. Uh, what I don't get is they seem to be really pushing this idea of Rafinha and Barcelona. And it seems to me, when we talk about Barcelona's financial issues, but it seems to me that Barcelona probably have other priorities. Well, yeah. You know, even if Dembele leaves, you, you, you know, there's other guys you're going to want to bring in um, in other areas. Is this a strategy from his agent to let everybody know that, oh, he's available, he wants to go, but they know that it's probably somebody else who's going to yeah, be in the mix too? Yeah, I think too? so. Bayern, Bayern were at times quite interested. I think even in the Premier League, a club like Chelsea or even Man United could be looking at Rafinha and saying, OK, this is, this is a very... I think he's a very special player. He was in France already. He was even in Portugal before. Chelsea, but where wingers you, go to die. Well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> true. Henrik Mkhitaryan has turned down the offer of a new deal at Roma and looks to be on his way to Inter. Is that what, is that what they need first? And then is it good for him, that move? Where is he going to play? 
I'm I'm assuming he's going to alternate with Sean Oglu since he plays deeper these days. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. To me, I don't think it's a great deal. I mean, we need to get the details. If it's a short-term mm. contract, fine. I agree. Uh, you know my feeling about um, about veterans. I do wonder though, how much money are you going to tie up in Mkhitaryan, and then if everybody expects them to to to, to lock up DiBala as well, you know, are you kind of the savings that you're making, exactly. like, do they go like, back? And then you have to go, you probably have to sell, you know, they've said that, you know, we need to sacrifice a big player. And, you know, for years, it's always like, oh, is it going to be screen year? Is it going to be screen year? Screen year gets older and older. Yeah. No, and Lautaro or Bastoni? Lautaro or Bastoni are probably two guys you do not want to be no, selling, yeah. but you may not have a choice. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Borussia Mönchengladbach have their new manager to replace Adi Hütter. And it's Daniel Farka! Jules, after being let go by Norwich, yeah. he signed for Krasnodar, yeah. but he never actually managed a single game because the war broke out. I, how do you see this? I'm really surprised. I Why? He did so well in Norwich, getting them well, up, in the championship, staying up. In the championship, he did so well. and then They got promoted, they yeah. stayed up, and then he lost 15 games in a row, setting a new Premier League record, but it's Norwich. Yeah. It's- and then he got back up and then was sacked halfway through the season. I, I didn't think they needed someone... Like this is a gamble. This is a real gamble, I think. And I thought to bring that team back to around the top four, the top six in the Bundesliga, which is where they belong. Certainly, the players that they have belong there. I thought you would go and get someone with more credential, with more credit, who's been there and done it already. Which is not Farkas' case at all. I mean, it's great to build the project around, I guess, in a small to medium club. Gladbach, a big club. I think it looks, this looks like a big task, and I'm not sure he can handle it all. At least they didn't go and uh, pay compensation for him. No, true, true. He was free, so, you know. <laughs> Brazil played Japan in a friendly in a few hours. We're recording this on Monday morning. But Richarlison and Vinicius already made headlines in training after they got into a fight and had to be separated. Gab, is this a big deal? I mean, what happened? Well, it's not entirely clear to me. Uh, like, I mean, fights happen in training. I love to link this to the idea of, you know, we suggest Richarlison, you know, since they missed out on Mbappe, could Richarlison be moving to Real Madrid? Yeah. Um, I thought it could be that. It could be that Vinicius is actually a Liverpool fan, or maybe at the Hell Champions yeah. League final, somebody told them about, uh, you know, Richard Arlison and the boss and Richarlison's yeah, holding that, Liverpool yeah, fans. Yeah, maybe. Could it be that? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's a big deal within the stability and the context sure. of the Brazil squad. They look pretty angry, though. They did look really, yeah. really angry. And by the way, um, Vinicius may be a little bit taller than Richarlison, but in a fight, my money would be on Richarlison. Yeah, 100%. Me too. Me too. I'm not even sure he's taller than him. To be fair. William Saliba has confirmed that he's on his way back to Arsenal. Jules, help get Gooners excited. 
Yeah, I think, I mean, he was one of the best centre-backs in Europe this season, without a doubt. In Europe? Yeah, in Europe. He was magnificent. His numbers are great. If you, if you take the big five leagues, he was, he was really magnificent. Now he's with France, which is great for him and his development. And then he wants to go and, and show Arteta and, and Arsenal fans who've never seen him play because he's never played for them after joining from Saint-Etienne. You know what he can do? I, I respect that. He would be there for pre-season. I don't know then... If he would still be there on August the 31st, I think he would want to stay and they would want to keep him. I think they have to keep him. I think they need to keep him. It's not like they have five centre-backs, right? They yeah, have two very good ones. And, yeah, exactly. Or and three. then Rob Holding. Yeah, you know, and, exactly. and his hair. Um, what, uh, who should be more concerned, Ben White or Gabriel? I think Gabriel. What can save Gabriel is that he's left-footed and Saliba is right-footed. And Arteta likes a left-footer on the left-hand side of the centre-backs. But... Saliba, again, has been so, so good this season. Really, really good. He's going to be added value to the squad, without a doubt. Jose Mourinho and Nemanja Matic are reportedly on the verge of being reunited again for the third time, Gab, and this time at Roma. Is it a good deal? Tell me it's not. It can't be a good deal. Okay, the only reason I'm going to say it's an okay deal okay. is because it's a one plus one deal, oh right? So. God. It's a year, and then You've the club have soft. an option for You've gone I soft. Know. Look, I got to be consistent on this one, right? Ordinarily, I would say old player couldn't get into a Manchester United side with with much regularity. Can't run when it. doesn't really run much. Although you know, if you're going to play three five two three four two one, and he just sits with three center backs behind him, maybe he doesn't need to run so much. I, I worry a little bit, like. In Italy, they're like saying, oh, look, he's the new regista. I'm like, meaning he's like, not. he's a new playmaker. He's not the new he's playmaker. Not. He never was a playmaker. He was he's, never. He can pass, you know, at his best, he was devastating. He's older. He's had his injuries. Um, I mean, Mourinho knows what he's getting. I know. I, I, I guess think, so, true. I, I would assume Matic left some money on the table as well yeah, um, from his deal at United. So and again, I like it when players do that. I like it when players say, you know what? I've had it. I want a new experience. Credit to Matic for yeah, doing that. I we'll guess. see how it goes. At least it's not a three-year deal like some people were suggesting. The United States and Uruguay played to a nil-nil draw in a friendly. Jules, did we learn anything other than Darwin Nunez is pretty good? He's pretty good, yeah. And he started that game up front. I thought it was a decent game to, considering it's a nil-nil draw. I thought... You know, and great. an experimental U.S. team? Yeah, although there were some, some big starters too. Uh, but yeah, a bit of a mixed team from, from our friend Greg Berhalter. Uh, and in for Uruguay, considering this was only a friendly and they play friendly right now, I thought they took that game really seriously, which I think is a good experience again for the young Americans. It's good for Uruguay to face this kind of team, which is a bit different to South American teams. I thought that was really interesting. I, I was just, uh, I saw a tweet from our old colleague Paul Carr, um, where he pointed out that uh, the US starting lineup had between them 300 odd caps. Yeah. would assume a big chunk of those Pulisic. Um, whereas Uruguay's back three of Cáceres, Godín, Jiménez, Jiménez had 350-odd between them. I thought that was really yeah, impressive. quite striking. <laughs> Juventus are looking to set up a meeting with Adrian Rabiot's mum in the next few days. Gab, his contract is up in 2023. Is he getting a new one? For those who don't know, the reason it's relevant that they're meeting Adrian Rabiot's mom, whose name is Veronique, I Veronique, believe, indeed. is that um, she's also his agent. Yeah. Um, I... Look, Rabio is 27 years old. From Juve's perspective, I think it's pretty obvious. They say, all right, we would rather not lose you on a free, but if we're going to give you a new deal, um, it's got to be in our terms and it's got to be yeah, a pay cut and everything else. a big contract for what he did on the pitch. Yeah, and 
big contract. It's he's making a lot of money. Yeah. On the other hand, they might also say, "Hey, Adrian, if some if you want to move, somebody will take him." Of what? Because I don't think mm. you know the way they're going, the stage that they're at, and I think Rabio might might want to move too. I don't know. You know, he's got a World Cup year coming up. He could, to be honest, he could basically kind of kick it this year, focus on the World Cup, yeah. get into the squad, and try to get into the starting lineup, which I don't think is by no, it's by no, no. means guaranteed. No, right? no, 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 no. But. Um, and then play his cards as a free agent next year. I don't know that that's a smart thing to do, though. I don't think so either. They're trying to, to see what PSG would want to do with him. Bring him back yeah. because he left on such good terms. Exactly. I'm not sure that's a good idea either. This was way back on Friday, and by the time you listen to this, they will probably have redeemed themselves. But Jules, <laughs> Belgium got whipped by Holland, Ooh, yes. and France managed to lose to Denmark. Who's in worse shape? It had to be Belgium. I mean, they were so bad. They were so poor. They hit the post at nil-nil, to be fair to them, Castein. But you could tell they were on on the edge anyway, even at nil-nil, even with that chance from Castein. And then they got, just got blitzed, 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 blitzed by a really, really nice... I think Netherlands team in the sense that they they moved the ball well forward. It, it was it was verticality. It was quick. The transition, Memphis, Bergwijn, all of that was really interesting. But Belgium was so bad. And then France were average. Then they were good for 20 minutes. Got a lovely goal. Well, great goal by Karim Benzema. Karim, the dream. And then just could not defend. And Teo Hernandez, who's been so good for Milan in Italy, just can't clearly cannot see a line, a defensive <laughs> line where he has to stay. Because he covered the two Cornelius goals. So I think, yeah, I think it was worse for Belgium than for it's France. End of season blues. Yeah, I guess so. Erling Haaland scored twice as Norway win away to Sweden in the derby. 2-1. Gabi looked hungry. He did look hungry. He's lucky. I thought the penalty that he got mm. the first time again. I don't know where VAR was yeah, for that. Yeah. But... Um, <clears throat> Yeah, and he actually he celebrated with a little video of himself playing, <laughs> playing Oasis. Uh, yeah, I love the fact that I love him. he's still pretty sweet and not he's stage sweet, managed. You can imagine yeah. like he kind of like comes up with his own little social ideas. This was a little cheesy, but that's it was fine. Cheesy. Nothing wrong with yeah, it. Yeah, we, like we like that. Ronaldo, the original Brazilian Ronaldo, <laughs> that is, is on a bike pilgrimage along the 500-kilometer Camino de Santiago, honoring a promise he made if his club, Valladolid, got promoted. Jules, he talked the talk, yeah. now he's walking the walk, or cycling the cycle, or whatever cycling you want to call it. Cycling the cycle, and he's, uh, he's, he's tough. Let's, let's be honest, because Ronaldo, since retiring from football, has he's a big put, boy. Yeah, he's put on a bit of weight, let's put it that way. Uh, and, but he's doing it, he's doing it. He looks shattered at the end of the day, and he, there's those videos, if you want, on social media, <laughs> where he's on his bed, he's like, uh, I can't. But well done to him. Others have done it before, in Italy, in Spain. It, this is kind of a thing where you say, like, yeah, I'll do this if, if we stay up or if we go up or whatever if we qualify for Champions League so well done to him well yeah. done it's good to see Valladolid back in La Liga yeah, the Camino de Santiago of course is a, is a, is a, it's a religious uh, pilgrimage yeah, it's meaning for the Catholic yeah. um, he's doing it with his wife he's on the bike he didn't say how long like yeah, you can do 20 kilometers per day, for example, yeah. and it would take him a if long time. If he slows time. down, yeah, like, exactly. you know, he might still be going when uh, <laughs> yeah. La Liga season starts next year. And Carlos Tevez announced his retirement at age 38. Gabi hadn't played since leaving Boca last June. He still said that he had plenty of offers for new contract, but hey, he decided to call it a day. How will you remember him? Well, first of all, I think he was also very much affected by the fact that his, his adopted father uh, passed away mm. from, from COVID. Um, I don't know, Tevez, for me... You know, you always associate a lot of these players with when you first met them. And I remember going to the Four Seasons in Canary Wharf here in uh, uh, in London. Um, 
and meeting Carlos Tevez and Kia Jurapshin at the time. For those who don't remember, he was at West Ham. It was that weird situation. Third-party ownership yeah. was still allowed and, and stuff like that. And I was just struck by how like, he was so intense. I mean, he was shy, didn't speak much, but he kept looking around. And I remember him as somebody who on the pitch was just so intense, had played with such fierceness, such fury, mm-hmm. together with the quality um, that he had. And that's one memory of him. The, my other memory of, of him is uh, Carlos Tevez and Lionel Messi. Playing. Diego Maradona had a show called La Noche del Diez, yeah. an Argentina TV show. And Carlos Tevez and Lionel Messi playing um, football tennis against... Diego Maradona and the legendary Enzo Francescoli. Um, I, to me, those things are special. And then yeah, you can add yeah, so yeah. much. Obviously, what he did for Juve, yeah. uh, what he did with Manchester City, what he did with Manchester United. United. Yeah. Even um, West Ham keeping them up that season. Even West Ham keeping. I mean, yeah, uh, he was he, he was a special a player. Yeah. I love the fact that he kept going until the very end. Yeah. Right, that brings us to Anand Jules. Wow. Um, you're off to the United States. Yeah, I am uh, I'm still here. Thank you, COVID. Uh, but I'll be doing the show. Uh, I'll be back on Thursday. Uh, anyway, um, uh, just one thing, if you're wondering why I'm wearing orange, it's out of uh, support for wanting to end gun violence around the world. I uh, just want to throw that in there. Until Thursday, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love your son.